Next on Contemplate. There are people, a lot of people, who have a worldview that says that people are basically good. Right? You've probably heard people say this. People are basically good. This is not true. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. And this is Contemplate. So no one is good? How does that work? Is that why bad things happen? We're going to learn a lot today. So please get out your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 3, and here's Pastor David. Now on another note, this passage reminds me of a story. When I was first, when I first became a pastor, I had gone to visit a number of the homes of the folks in the church. And I went to uh, one of the homes, and it was very clear that someone was home, and I knocked on the door, and I waited for a while. I knocked on the door again and waited for a while, and nobody came to the door. I knew that they were just avoiding me, so I took out a card and wrote Revelation 3.20 on the back of it and stuck it in the door. Now, the next week at church, when the offering was processed, that person had left a communication card, and on that card, all they wrote was Genesis 3.10. And I had no idea what that meant, so I got my Bible out to check out what they were saying, and I started laughing hilarious because Revelation 3.20 begins, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and Genesis 3.10 says, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, for I was naked. So, (laughs) not a true story. Not a true story. Old joke, but a good one. Seriously, though, we see here that Adam and Eve both went after something that they saw as good, but in the wrong way, in the wrong way. The fruit was, it says, good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise. That's how they saw it. So Eve was seeking out a good, a good, except that the way she sought out that good, or what she saw as a good, was she did it in a way that disobeyed and betrayed her relationship with a holy, loving God. Sin is generally an attempt to get something good the wrong way or at the wrong time. Sometimes it's just not time yet. Sometimes we we go after it, but we go after it in a disordered way, a broken way. And that's generally what sin is. God warned them. We read that breaking this commandment would lead to death, but they did it anyway. Like I say, there is a lot going on in this section, but we need to to understand the consequences, the consequences of this action that they took. Let's look at verses 14 through 19. It says, so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. 
Okay. We have, we have a lot going on, and we can just kind of scratch the surface, but what we need to realize is a few things here, a few things that were the consequences of this action. Okay? We have damage or a breaking. Think about it kind of as a breaking, okay? A breaking of the physical body. In this case, God's talking about pain in childbirth, right? This is, this is something that wasn't there in, the way, in that way before and now is there. There's this pain. There's this breaking of the body. Also, this breaking in relationships. Here we have an example of this breaking between the husband and wife, right? There's going to be this, this tension, this issue between husband and wife and relationships in general. Then we see that there was damage to the created order. The ground is cursed. It's going to bring up thorns and thistles. We see that there's going to be toil in work. Remember, he had put Adam in the, in the garden to work, to tend it, to keep it, but there was joy in that work. Shalom. And now he says there's going to be toil in your work. By the sweat of your brow, you'll eat of it. And finally, death. Back to the dust you will go. In verse 21, we see this. Also, for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So we see that their sin right out of the gate caused death. Right? These animals would have had to die to take their skins to make coverings for Adam and Eve because of their sin. So sin brought death. Now the word sin is complicated, and we could spend a lot of time on that, but ultimately what sin is is missing the mark, failing to do what God has called us to do. Remember, we're to be holy. We're to be perfect. God gave a command, a relatively easy one, right? Don't eat of that tree. There's a million trees. Eat all the trees you want. Just that one right there. Don't eat, right? But God, they, they betrayed God, and they broke it because they wanted something for themselves. They, called, they caused everything to go from a, word of, a world of shalom to a world of death. We call this the fall of man. Theologically, that's the reference to what happens here in chapter 3 of Genesis is that it's the fall of man. Adam and Eve sinned and they did evil. And the ultimate price of this evil, the ultimate price of the sin was that they broke their ability to have relationship with God. Because I already told you, God cannot have relationship with that that is imperfect, with that that is unholy, with that that is evil. He can't. He can't because he is holy. He is pure. And so the result of their sin was death and a break of relationship. By the way, it's not snobbishness that keeps God from hanging out with evil people. It's nature. It's the nature of who he is as a holy God. It's impossible to dilute his holiness. Impossible. It's not that he doesn't want to have a relationship, it's that it's not possible for evil and perfect good to be together, okay? It's important that you understand that, that we broke creation, we broke the universe, we broke the world, and brought evil and death into the world. Scripture tells us this in Romans 3.23, it says, for all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In Psalm 14, Verses 2 and 3, we read, The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. Not one. In Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 18, it says this. 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to their uncleanness, and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshiped and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. We suppressed the truth. We suppress the truth in unrighteousness. We exchange the truth of God for the lie and instead of worshiping him, we worship what he's created. Ultimately, we worship ourselves instead of God. We worship ourselves. This is what happened when man fell. And every single one of us is in this state of affairs. Scripture goes on in verse 28, chapter 1 of Romans. says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. This is the world we live in, isn't it? This is the world we live in. This is what we do. This is who we are. This is who we've become because although God created things in perfection, we decided to worship ourselves rather than him to do what we wanted even when he said it's not good for you. We said we knew better. We said we knew better. And this is the world that every human being is born into. Every human being. Now, I've talked about how our worldview needs to be comprehensive, covering all things, and coherent. It's got to make sense about everything that, that we have questions about. All things need to work with each other, and we need to be comprehensive and cover everything. So here's one reason why that is, okay? I'm going to bring up an example of an, of an issue with worldview. There are people, a lot of people, who have a worldview that says that people are basically good. Right? You've probably heard people say this. People are basically good. This is not true. Murder, envy, bitterness, cheating, lying, stealing. And that's just one episode of Desperate Housewives. Right? <laughs> We're evil. I can prove it to you. Have kids. Okay? You will find out that the people are not basically good. They're not basically good. As soon as my kids were able to disobey... You know, where they stopped just kind of laying on their back and couldn't do anything. They did. They did. You do. That's what we do. We're constantly betraying God. And if we're honest with ourselves, in the quietness of our heart, we know that if there is a good God, he cannot be happy with us. If there is a good God, if he thinks 
what is evil is what we think is what is evil, we know that he cannot be happy with what we are, who we are, and what we've become. We can't. Because of this sin, we have caused a world where there's war and murder and dishonesty and disease. A worldview that believes that people are basically good is incoherent. It cannot explain the Holocaust or Stalin or torture or hate. It can't explain those things because it says that people are basically good. we got a problem, right? It's, it doesn't explain everything. It's not comprehensive and it's not coherent. It doesn't explain something that all of us can see quite easily by just simply turning on the news or just looking in our own heart. That we are not basically good. I know we'd like to think so. We'd like to think so. But we're fallen. Humans are sinful. We've been separated from God. That's the important thing to understand here. That the moment that we decided to walk away and betray God, we were separated from him. Relationship was separated we know that we don't deserve to be in relationship with him. There are people who sort of try to act like they do think that they deserve it or what they've done isn't really that bad or something like that. Here's the thing. <laughs> the world is broken because of our sin and we can't fix it by being better than the guy next door. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. The world is full of evil people and you're one of them and I'm one of them. And just because Hitler may be more evil than you, although I don't even know that that's true because I don't know your heart, does not mean that you're not evil just because there are people who do worse things, okay? Now, I know that there is another side to this. We can point to many good things that people do, even people who don't believe in God, the atheist, the agnostic, people from other religions, whatever. We can see that there are good things that people do, right? And so we've, we've got to make sense of that too. And we have the, the doctrine that we use to explain that is called common grace, Common grace, okay? Grace is favor that you don't deserve, that you get from God. Common grace is the grace that God gives to all humans. That is why we still do some things that are good. That's why we can have good food and good friends and a good marriage, right? We can celebrate. We can have joy sometimes. The Psalms say, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. It says, Matthew uh, 5.45, his son rises on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. It says, God is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. In Luke, it says, he has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. That's in Acts 14.17. Okay? In Romans 2, Verses 14 and 15, it says this, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, when they do what is right, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. It's saying that even though we're evil, even though we're broken, even though we've broken the world, God has still allowed us to have this conscience. He's written on our heart his law so that we still know what is good. He's gracious to us in that way. Not everything you ever do is horrible, which it should be because the world is so broken. So any good thing that you have, any good thing that you have, is because of the common grace of God. The common grace of God. But it doesn't mean that the world's not broken. Let me explain something to you. This is very important. Common grace is not saving grace. Common grace is not saving grace. Common grace will not restore what has been broken. It's a grace that's given in a broken world. Don't mistake God's patience and long-suffering 
for his indulgence of your sin. The fact that he's patient and gracious to you does not mean he actually thinks it's okay that you're wicked, that our hearts are evil, that we do things, that we use people as things, that we destroy the image of God and others. He doesn't think that that's okay. Just because he has not made every aspect of your life horrible and has given you some common grace does not mean that everything is okay. Everything is not okay. Make no mistake, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven. We will not escape the just reward of our sin. The wages of sin is death. Unless there's some other hope. What we need to understand about the big story at this point is that God created the world perfectly in shalom, right? We chose to betray God and sin and worship and serve ourselves. We thought that we knew better. And because of that, the world is broken and there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. Once the stain of evil is on you and it's on us all, it's over. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. If we are to be rescued, if we are to be rescued, it must come from somewhere else. God will have to provide our salvation. We cannot provide it for ourselves. But how can he do that? He can't be in relationship with evil, right? And we can never do enough to take ourselves from being evil to being good. Lord willing, next week, we'll hear the part of the story where we start to hear these murmurings and these prophecies about the one who came. For them, the one who would come and bring that hope. There is hope for the fallen world. That is the good news of the big story. At the end of the day, it's a good story. Right here, we're in a bad place. We're in act two, right? Death, sin, brokenness. That's the world that we live in. And we can see that that is the world. That that is the natural state of people now that sin is in the world. But Christ is the way out of sin and death. The true story of everything shows that God made the story and we messed it up. G.K. Chesterton says, According to most philosophers, God in making the world enslaved it. According to Christianity in making it, he set it free. God had written not so much a poem, but rather a play, a play he had planned as perfect, but which had necessarily been left to human actors and stage managers who had since made a great mess of it. So, to answer the question, why do bad things happen? Or, why do bad things happen to good people? First, there are no good people. Understand that. We are not basically good. But the answer to why bad things happen is because of me because of you. That's why bad things happen. Because we choose to worship the creature rather than the creator. Because we choose to suppress truth in unrighteousness. That's why bad things happen. God still gives common grace. And we're going to find that he gives full grace. That he gives salvation as we move through here. Praise God there's hope. Great hope. And that hope That great hope is in Jesus, who gave his life to pay the price for our sins and set us free. And no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how bad your sin or how empty your life might seem, Jesus loves you, wants to forgive you, and fill you with his peace that passes all understanding. And all you've got to do is ask. And if you need him in your life, why not ask right now? And if we can help, Call us at 360-885-9000 or come see us this Sunday morning at Axe Church.
Get easy directions at axchurchnw.org. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out the next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.